Hi, hi, it's Joy Foster, founder of Tech Pixies and the host of the Sparkle and Thrive podcast. And I am really excited today. We have the winner of our Social Media Service Provider Award for 2021 joining us today. Sarah, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Joy. Well, I am really excited about this interview because you came into our program I remember you know I very often I remember that first initial conversation I had with someone and then subsequent conversations through the coaching calls and you this was a real shift for you tell everyone what you were doing before you upskilled with social media um I am a musician um so at the start of the pandemic I had literally just come back off maternity leave I'd maybe been back in work six weeks eight weeks um, everything locked down. I had a tiny, tiny baby. He wasn't even one yet. Um, and he he's not an easy baby. Um, he didn't like to be left at home whilst I was at work. And then suddenly I was like unemployed again. Nobody wanted uh, recorded teachers, flute teachers in schools with COVID. Um, so I actually joined the East, that April Easter kind of cohort, the free training that you did. Uh, there was what a thousand a thousand women all kind of upskilling in social media together and it was absolutely amazing um but I was still kind of very unsure of what what I was doing (laughs) with my life um but I took those skills and I worked with a couple of charities and helped them like really really helped them and saw like the amazing work that social media can do and the next time you opened um, in the August, September time, I just thought, I've got to do this. I've enjoyed it so much. I've enjoyed putting the limited skills I learned the first time around into practice. You took the skills you learned from the free training and applied them and saw results and were like, okay, now I got to do the rest of the program. Exactly. That's, I didn't know that piece of the story. That's really cool. Yeah, exactly. And like, I'm in such a completely different place now because. But I mean, before I started Tech Pixies, I was doing a job I didn't particularly like, but kind of was expected to do as a musician. And now I feel like I'm really making a difference and helping lots of other musicians. Well, tell, let's get into that. There. Let's talk about what you are doing, because I think there's, uh, you know, uh, one thing that I, I'm, I'm very conscious of, partly because someone pointed it out to me. But I used to say, you know, this is hard. This is hard. This is hard. Everything's hard. And I think it has been hard for musicians. Let's not, it has been hard. Um, But interestingly enough, you've leveraged your skills to help it be easier for musicians to get their names out there and to get more recognition on social media, et cetera. So tell us what you're doing now and how you're helping musicians, because I find this to be really fascinating. And it's the reason that you won the award. Uh, well, I'm working with a couple of different organisations. There's, well, six different organisations that are working in music in a variety of ways. So some of them are um, orchestras. Some of them are smaller groups of musicians. Um, one of them is a charity supporting a load of other musicians, which is amazing. And one of them is a, a streaming service. Um, so basically, I'm just doing all their social media. Well, there's a team of us now, which is amazing. Um, and we're all musicians. So I'll, I think we'll talk about them a bit more later. Um, but I think what musicians are struggling with is that they have to do it all themselves. If they're if they're not a big, big, massive ensemble that has loads of arts council funding and loads of staff, if you're a small group, there's maybe six of you, 
and you haven't got a manager or an agent or anything like that, then you're, you're doing everything yourself. Um, and you don't necessarily have all the skills you need. And if someone like me can come along and help you out, be it give you support once a month or once a quarter, or in the cases with the people that I'm working with now, um, I'm working with them for a day a week. And it, like I've seen the difference it's made, it's made a difference in ticket sales, it's made a difference in orchestra players, it's made a difference in funding applications. So yeah, it's just, it's been amazing. Um, well, let's talk about that little piece you slipped in there, that it's now you and a small team. So one of the reasons that we're doing this podcast series is to talk about what it's like to set up a successful social media management company, which you have done. You have six clients, but there is something that happens when you get to that six client range. You need a little bit of help and support. So let's talk about that. You have started to take on some support to help you. Yes. So there's four of us, um, myself, another tech pixie, um, who's also a musician. Um, and then I was quite fortunate last year that one of the groups I was working with um, partnered with a uh, university and um, they took on some master students and they worked with me kind of one-on-one -on -one for a couple of months and I basically taught them everything I knew um, I so we like we planned social media campaigns together and they saw it through did it all themselves and then we came back together at the end and looked at all the analytics um, so I know that they're good because I've trained them um, so there's two two people that have kind of just graduated from uni and are out there in the world doing other fantastic musical things. Um, and then another tech pixie as well, who's also a musician and absolutely wonderful. Well, let's talk about what it's like to hire the first person. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming you've done it with contracts where you're contracting them or do you have them as employees? Um, no, they're freelance. Okay. Um, so we're all kind of working freelance. Yeah, great. Well, this is great because it's important. I just want to start breaking it down for people who are thinking, okay, I want to bring people onto my team and that's how I want to do it. So you've done it as freelance. And what was the biggest hurdle you had to overcome when you were making the decision to bring the first team member on? Um, really, it was just kind of a, a money versus time thing. Um, I got past the point where I was covering childcare fees, um, which was good. And then I was kind of at the point like, well, I could take on some more clients and help some more people, but I don't really have enough time for that, but I'd really like to do it. I'm going to just, I know some people that would be amazing to work with um, and it will be worth hiring them or get, I mean, getting them on board um, because then there's like more hours that I can then allocate to other groups and things. How did you figure out what you were going to do with your pricing structure in order to cover the people that you were working with how did that work out for you was it something that you guys all went in and on together or was it something that you said okay right I'm going to do the contract I'm going to set the rates and then I'm going to pay you out of that yeah that's what I did the second one um so yeah I set up the rates and then pay pay the other guys and they so they invoice me and I pay them from okay great so yeah so you invoice the client the client pays you your team invoices you you pay them exactly Great. Okay, cool. Well, this is, I love breaking this down because some people don't know this part of the, you know, how to set this up and how to structure it. So I so appreciate that you uh, are sharing that information with the audience that might be listening to this because there might be a few people listening to this going, wow, she did that. I, I would love to do that too. 
So what are some of the um, strategy tips that you have? Because obviously you have been able to work out how to create a strategy, how to execute that strategy, how to report on that strategy. It's music to my ears, <laughs> no pun intended, but music to my ears when you were talking about, you know, setting up a strategy and then, you know, looking back at the analytics, we believe really strongly at Tech Pixies that you set a plan and then you execute on that plan and then you reflect back and you say what worked, what didn't work so that you can make the next plan better. What what are your top tips around strategy? Because that's definitely an area that you've specialized in because obviously your strategy is working for various <laughs> different organizations. So what what I tend to do is um, on a on a monthly basis, um, we have like what what people call buckets. So buckets of different types of content. So it might be that one bucket is education work, one bucket is concerts, one bucket is, um, I've got a group today that are launching their own podcast. Um, and so each kind of group has five or six different ideas that we create the content around. Um, and we try and mix it up a bit um, so that you're not having like concert, 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 concert all in a row, because even though it's really, really, really important to publicize your concerts, if you're just saying buy tickets, buy tickets all the time, um, that's going to get a bit boring. Um, so we have these buckets and we kind of, depending on how many times a week we're posting for each, each client, um, just schedule it out in a calendar and then go back and fill in the blanks really. Um, with the details of the event or um i've kind of quite got into customer centric marketing um so rather than it being me saying right come to this event it'll be like this event's going to make you feel amazing right um, interesting yeah really selling the transformation of that event for the person rather than well and someone i, I taught the social media crash course um on tuesday but but when i was teaching it someone was talking about how they had to learn that how they're trying to convince their client there's a difference between broadcasting and engaging right you know so you know concert 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 buy tickets that is broadcasting yeah. and engaging is like you said this is going to change your life it's going to give you relaxation it's going to whatever you want to point out that it's going to you know like you said make you feel amazing it is interesting because um my husband loves live music and obviously throughout the pandemic, you couldn't do anything that was live music. Uh, and I, I did not grow up the way he did with going to live music all the time and really engaging in it. But he's also um, half deaf. And so one of the things that I didn't realize for him was like listening to the radio or listening to music on a device was not uh, that entertaining for him or not that nice for him um, because it didn't sound so great. But actually, when you go to a live um, performance, there is actually a vibration that happens in your body. And, you know, there's an actual there is a change that happens in your body as you're listening to it. And we went to we went to um, I think it was Billy Bragg was the first concert we went to after uh, the lockdown. And I just looked at him like I totally get it. Music experience in real life is very different than listening to it on a device. Oh, it is. Absolutely. And I think they both have their place. Like if I mean, we, we listen to stuff at home all the time because I am obviously musical, but I would feel much calmer and I do feel much calmer putting on um, an orchestra on the TV and not worrying about the kids being noisy in the background. Like then they can enjoy it 
in their own time and their own space without me having to go shh you've got to be quiet now which I would if we were at the Bridgewater Hall or the Royal Albert Hall or something like that um so I think they both have their space but yeah like live music it does feel so so different doesn't it so tell me looking at where your life is now right let's just think for a minute where we are now with your six clients your team of four you know including yourself you're you know, you've not only covered your 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 nursery fees, but you're also paying yourself. When you look back at where you were, when you look back at that first day of the free training or the first day of the starting the Tech Boosie course, what would you tell yourself? Just do it. Let just do it. Just be brave and do it. I mean, anything's worth a try, isn't it? If you think it's going to change your life which it clearly has um but yeah I think I was still quite nervous starting it and and now it just life is so different and um, we're actually moving house in a few weeks which would definitely never have happened if um if I wasn't earning what I am now so do you know um, what that is the second tech pixie in the last week who's told me that their their job their financial contribution has changed has been allowed them to move house and get a new mortgage. And that's incredible. Well, and you know what, you know, that's the theory of change, right? So Tech Pixies is a social enterprise. We started out as a social enterprise. We still are a social enterprise. And a big part of that is leaning into a theory of change. My theory of change is if you upskill women with technology and you upskill the mindset, right? Level up the mindset. The combination of those two things allows a woman to become financially independent. And I, it, it gives her the ability, I should say, uh, she has to make the decision that that's what she wants. But you know, you clearly made that decision. And that's one of the reasons that I think you were, uh, among many other reasons, the winner for the social media service provider, because you just embody all of the things that I believe we, um, we, we stand for at Tech Pixies. And so I just, I want to say thank you for doing that. You know, it's not uh, it, like you said, it's you probably did a lot of this scared, uh, and you know yeah. I <laughs> I comment all the time on the mindset Mondays. I'm scared every day, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just you just have to befriend your fear, and and that's and, and recognize that fear is a requirement to uh, a more freer, expanded version of yourself. And we have to learn to work with it and, and see it as a positive uh, and as a sign that we're going in the right direction. And then, you know, develop coping mechanisms to get through it. Did you find that the life coaching toolkit and the life coaching that was provided and the neuro coaching that was provided really helped with that part of, of the journey? Absolutely. I mean, I have learned so much about myself, um, not just like having the ability and the skills, but about myself as a person and how my brain works and how I deal with feelings and things like that through tech pixies um that I mean I'll be honest I, I looked at other courses and I just kept coming back to tech pixies I was like this is just the complete package it's not just the social media skills it's it's growing as a person as well yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's so important to me. And I think it's important to me, you know, when I set up Tech Pixies, I, I wanted to do the combination of the two because I had so many hurdles to overcome, you know, and I needed a coach to help me get through it. In fact, when I started the program, 
I was not the, the, the coach, you know, the neuro coach, the dream builder coach. I was, I was the, I was the project manager, really. Uh, I brought in coaches to do the different things, you know, a little bit like probably you, you know, if I look at myself seven years ago when we first started, and if you said, Oh, joy, you're going to become a, a master neuro coach and, you know, you're going to help people, you know, rewire their subconscious so that they can do something, you know, in life that they would love to do. I would have just said, no way. You gotta be joking. <laughs> That's not what I would have thought. So I think, you know, we go as we take steps towards something we would love the, you know, we would call them the unseen forces or, you know, the universe conspires in our favor to create the environment that allows us to become the next version of ourselves. And we can choose to embrace that and feel the fear, or we can choose to not embrace it and, you know, not make that progress. I'm curious, you know, a lot of women before they move into paid contracts, do voluntary work, which you did as you know, after the free training, you did some voluntary work. How did you make the transition? Because I have this, I know a lot of women who do the free work, but um, even someone who emailed us into the support inbox uh, yesterday, who's a longstanding client or longstanding you know, student of ours. And she she's done some amazing work and she sent me through all the work that she'd done. It was very professional, very high level. And, you know, yet when I was encouraging her to start putting together an invoice and, you know, even if she gave a hundred percent discount, putting together an invoice to sort of start to see the value of her work, that was still a step that she needed to make. How did, how did you make that step from free work to paid work? Uh, what was, what did, what, what were the moves you made and, and how did it feel? I think because I hadn't really been out of paid work, um, obviously I'd been on maternity leave, but I'd been doing other bits and bobs, not very much, a couple of hours a week, paid work alongside the voluntary social media stuff. Um, it didn't feel like that much of a jump, but my my first kind of paid social media client actually was um, an, a group that I was working with in a different capacity. And they just said, actually, if you could do this consistently for us, we'll pay you. And I went, great. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, and then then I applied for um, a social media role and got it, um, which was the very first thing I kind of applied for, which was over a year ago now. Um, and and are you still, is that still one of your contracts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. So I love that. So, and that's a, that's a testament to actually going out and looking for the jobs that are being advertised and then applying for them as a contractor rather than uh, tr trying to dig up your own clientele and build up your own client list because that's a great way. They've already got a budget because they want to hire someone. That's a great tip. So what did you do with your voluntary work? Did you wind that up? What did you do? Yeah, so um, I it was a set, set amount of time. It was working towards something in the summer. Um, so I said, I'll do it for you until until your kind of event ends so it kind of it came to a natural end anyway and um, which was perfect because then like two weeks later I started Tech Pixie. That's um, amazing <laughs> but also I want to highlight what you did there which is really important and I tell this to everyone and people just don't think it's that important even if you're doing a voluntary con contract or voluntary opportunity create a contract start date end date here's what i'm going to deliver here's what happens if it's not going well or we haven't you know hit our targets or you know you're not happy whatever giving yourself you know a one week notice or a two week notice to to let let the project go etc 
But, and it doesn't have to be like super legal. It can be a sheet of paper that says uh, this, you know, I'm going to start on this day. I'm going to end on this day. These are the services I'm going to provide for you. Um, these are the things you're going to provide for me. I mean, I think that's also really important because if you're working with someone, whether it's paid or unpaid, they, and especially in the social media space, they do need to provide some things for you. You know, they might need to provide some images or some videos unless you're the one that's actually doing those for them. So I think that's a really great point, but having a start date and an end date, um, really makes those volunteer contracts a lot easier and they don't just roll on forever. And I, my, what I've noticed is if people don't have those things in place, it gets awkward when they're ready to move on and they haven't, yeah. got, they're not prepared. So that's great. That's great advice. I love that. And I also love your advice about, you know what? I went for the jobs that were already out there and they had the budget they wanted to pay. They just needed me. I think that is amazing. Really amazing. And how did your other contracts come? Did they come the same way or were they? No. Uh, so um, so the next one, um, I shared one of their posts on Instagram. And they just sent me a message saying, are you a social media manager? And I went, yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, yes, I am. Um, I had, I'd been working with my, like my first, the job that I just said that I'd applied for, I'd been working with them for about six months. Um, and I was kind of at a point where do I do I get more childcare? Do I um, just go all in on this, or do I just keep it as like a, a little one day, two day a week thing? And I thought, no, do you know what? I'm really enjoying this, and I can really see the difference it's making. Like the guys I've been working with, they just hit a thousand YouTube subscribers, and like wow. it, was, it was just like amazing. I was like, I'm just gonna go for it. Um, and so I've been working with them since um June July last year um and then a lot of the other work has kind of come through them um like recommendations from them or they groups have seen that I am working with them and gone oh what you're doing there is great we'd love if you could do that with us too um uh, and so that's I, the advantage of niching down actually yeah. and one of, the, one of the mistakes that people make is they try and take whatever account comes their way in whatever medium and not something they're passionate about. But actually, if you niche down to something you're passionate about and you get results, the reputation spreads. And that's what really matters there. And I think because I know so much about music, um, obviously being a musician, having a music degree, I think I don't think another social media manager that wasn't a musician could necessarily do the job as well. Absolutely. Um, because some of it's really quite technical um like about the instruments or the addition of the music and because because I specialize in early music as well so it's like music from before 1750 <laughs> but yeah if you find your niche and you're good at it go for it just stick with it I love that I really love that there are so many golden nuggets in here and I think if someone's thinking you know, I have a unique niche and I have a unique skill set. And also, you know, I mean, we, we have people in our community who are, you know, in, in um, gardening or in cooking, baking, also in beauty, um, fashion, you know, yoga, Pilates. I mean, the thing about social media is it permeates all everything that you anything that you can dream up doing as a business is social media is more or less required uh, in order to reach people that you don't know. And I think that's a really, uh, that's, but I think the other side of this is that there are companies and organizations out there that have budgets to hire social media managers. So if you've got all that knowledge already built up, 
you just transfer it with your new skill set. So tell me what your favorite part of um, being a social media manager and now having built up effectively a social media agency. Tell me what your favorite part of it is now. Um, Zoom calls with the clients. <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. It's like nothing to do with social media at all. But I just really enjoy um, be kind of being in, in the music world and hearing what they're saying and saying, oh, somebody's emailed us. They must have seen us on social media. Has this come through? come through you um and kind of having that feedback from them um which is just like unmeasurable isn't it it's just the feeling you get when you know that you're doing great work for people um yeah so seeing the seeing the results but not necessarily the analytics seeing the results via the clients and how happy they are yeah oh I love that that's so great. Well, I always love talking to customers too. And it sounds like you've actually done a pretty good job of finding customers that really good customers. I mean, the advantage of going for a job application or you know, going for a contract job is it's almost an interview two ways, right? So they're interviewing you, you're interviewing them, and you can turn the job down if you want to, right? So you also, it sounds like you've done a good job picking um, clients that you enjoy working with. And that also makes life a lot easier. And I remember when I was really early on, one of the mistakes I made was taking every client and, you know, but then you had some clients that just, they always haggled on price. They never, you know, sent you the stuff you needed on time. And, you know, you end up working extra hours and they need lots of changes. And that was really not fun for me. And I had to sit down with my business partner and say, right, which clients do we love and why do we love them and how do we find more of them? <laughs> and I think, um, I think when people don't have the confidence level in their skill set, uh, and also the, you know, the gut feeling that they don't have to take every client that they can, you know, they can sort of navigate towards the clients that they love that does happen. Um, but it sounds like you've, you've managed to avoid that and you've been able to build up a really great client base that you love working with. Yeah. I mean, from a, from a kind of selfish point of view, I think I would find my job harder if I didn't 100% believe in the groups that I'm working with. Um, because you you are them online, you have to embody them online. And if, if you don't believe in what it is that they're doing and their ethos and things like that, then it's gonna make your job much harder. Um, so I have said no to some people because I just knew that I wouldn't be the best person for them and it would make my life more difficult. <laughs> um, I love, but I love that. I love, so you have said no to people. Yeah. 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 I think that's really powerful and very important for people to hear as well, that it's okay to say no, because when you say yes to something that's not quite right, it takes up time in your schedule that could be reserved for someone that is right for you. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, great. Exactly. Well, what would be your, uh, we're going to wrap this up now, but what I want to know from you is, what would you say, um, you know, to the person who's uh, who's obviously you said just do it earlier, you know, the person that was in your shoes, done the free training and wanting to do everything else. But what would you say to the tech pixie who's listening to this, who's finished the program or halfway through the program and is thinking about starting a social media agency? What what would you say to her? What, what would your advice to her be? I would say um, assess all of your skills as a whole. And find out what you're passionate about about outside of social media and then use that to build your agency around. So really, really find that 
your area of expertise no matter what it is if like you say it could be that you absolutely love making pizza so go and work with a load of pizza restaurants or it could be that you absolutely love crochet go and work with a load of handmade crocheters I don't know um but yeah really find what it is that you're passionate about and then you will be you will excel at what you're doing Ah, oh, that's a great place to finish. Now, do you have your award somewhere for us to see? Oh, oh there it is. <laughs> well, congratulations. Well-deserved. Uh, our social media service provider of the year, 2021. Sarah Bronner, you're a total star. Thank you for being here. Thank you for this interview. And I know a lot of people listening will have learned a lot from you. And you will have inspired quite a few people to knuckle down and create their own agencies. So thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me.